1: You are listening to St. Michael's in the Morning, a podcast version of Morning Prayer Right 2, as found in the 1979 Book of Common Prayer, available through Church Publishing Incorporated. Our devotional this week is offered by Lizzie McManus, our family minister. If you would like to support this podcast and St. Michael's Episcopal Church, you can contribute online at st-michaels.org. If you wish to follow along at home, please turn to page 75 in your Book of Common Prayer. The glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all flesh shall see it together. Let us prepare our hearts by confessing our sins against God and our neighbor. Most merciful God, we confess that we have sinned against you, in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done, and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We are truly sorry, and we humbly repent. Glory Glory to the the Father, and to the Son, and to the the Holy Spirit, Spirit, as as it was in the beginning, beginning, is now, and and will will be forever. forever. Amen. Alleluia. Our King and Savior draws near. Come, let us adore Him. We will now read together the Jubilate on page 82. Be joyful in the Lord, all you lands. Serve the Lord with gladness, and come before His presence with a song. The psalm appointed for today is Psalm 119, verses 1 through
2: 24. Happy are those whose way is blameless, who walk in the law of the Lord. Happy are they who observe his decrees and seek him with all their heart. Who never do any wrong, but always walk in his ways. You laid down your commandments, that we should fully keep them. Oh, that my ways were made so direct, that I might keep your statutes then I should not be put to shame when I regard all your commandments. I will thank you with an unfeigned heart when I have learned your righteous judgments. I will keep your statutes Do not utterly forsake me. How shall a young man cleanse his way by keeping to your words? With my whole heart I seek you. Let me not stray from your commandments. I treasure your promise in my heart that I may not sin against you. Blessed are you, O Lord. Instruct me in your statutes. With my lips will I recite all the judgments of your mouth. I have taken greater delight in the way of your decrees than in all manner of riches. I will meditate on your commandments and give attention to your ways. My delight is in your statutes. I will not forget your word. Deal bountifully with your servant that I may live and keep your word. Open my eyes that I may see The wonders of your law. I am a stranger here on earth. Do not hide your commandments from me. My soul is consumed at all times with longing for your judgments. You have rebuked the insolent. Cursed are they who stray from your commandments. Turn from me shame and rebuke, for I have kept your decrees. Even though rulers sit and plot against me, I will meditate on your statutes, for your decrees are my delight, and they are my counselors. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was
1: in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen.
3: A reading from Isaiah, chapter two. This is what Isaiah and Moses' son saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem. In the days to come, the mountains of the Lord's house will be the highest of the mountains. It will be lifted above the hills. Peoples will stream to it. Many nations will go and say, come, let's go up to the Lord's mountain to the house of Jacob's God, so that he may teach us his ways and we may walk in God's paths. Instruction will come from Zion. The Lord's word from Jerusalem. God will judge between the nations and settle disputes of mighty nations. Then they will beat their swords into iron plows and their spears into pruning tools. Nation will not take up sword against nation They will no longer learn how to make war. Come, House of Jacob, let's walk by the Lord's light. You have abandoned your people, House of Jacob. They are full of sorcerers from the east and fortune-tellers like the Philistines. They hold hand with foreigners' children. Their land is full of silver and gold. They have countless treasures. Their land is filled with horses. They have countless chariots. Their land is filled with idols, they worship their handiwork, what their own fingers have made. Humanity will be brought down, each person laid low, don't lift them up. Go into the rocks, and hide yourself in the dust from the terror of the Lord, from the splendor of God's majesty. People's proud gazing will be stopped, and humanity's arrogance brought down. The Lord alone will be exalted on that day. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
1: We will now read Canticle 11, the third song of Isaiah. Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has dawned upon you. For behold, darkness covers the land, deep gloom enshrouds the peoples. But over you the Lord will rise, and his glory will appear upon you. Nations will stream to your light, The Lord will be your everlasting light, and your God will be your glory. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. A reading from the Gospel according to Luke, chapter 20. The legal experts and chief priests wanted to arrest him right then because they knew he had told this parable against them, but they feared the people. The legal experts and chief priests were watching Jesus closely and sent spies who pretended to be sincere. They wanted to trap him in his words so they could hand him over to the jurisdiction and authority of the governor. They asked him, Teacher, we know that you are correct in what you say and teach. You don't show favoritism, but teach God's way as it really is. Does the law allow people to pay taxes to Caesar or not? Since Jesus recognized their deception, he said to them, Show me a coin. Whose image and inscription does it have on it? Caesar's, they replied. He said to them, Give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar, and to God what belongs to God. They couldn't trap him in his words in front of the people. Astonished by his answer, they were speechless. The word of the Lord. Thanks Thanks be be to God. God. and to guide our feet into the way of peace. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen.
0: Our Gospel today says that the experts wanted to know, is it okay to pay taxes? To dive into this question, we first have to understand— This is not a question of affluent people wondering if they must dutifully report what percentages of their wages go to the government. This is not a question of whether or not people with more money should pay for the health care of people with little money. This is not a question about taxes from a place of great stability, nor is this a debate about what kind of economic system works. The people are asking Jesus, should we pay to be occupied. Jews in the first century were under occupation, under the control of the Romans. Rome exerted military, economic, and social power over Jewish life, culture, homes, customs, and religious practice. And like all occupied groups in history, there were some Jews who worked with the government. King Herod is a famous example of a man who was technically Jewish but who benefited richly from aligning himself with the occupying state. And like all religious communities throughout time, there was internal debate about how people of faith should interact with the government. I mean, this is something we definitely see playing out in Christianity today. Questions of what role does faith have in governance? Some first century Jews felt like paying taxes to this occupying force was literally saying thank you to a government who had stripped them of their rights, their autonomy, their full ability to flourish. And as such, They believed they should not pay taxes. And still others wanted to acquiesce to the government, didn't want to ruffle any feathers, just wanted to get by. And still others benefited richly from Rome's tyranny, and so they wanted all taxes paid with respect. And so into this fraught political fray enters Jesus. Well, I say enters, but Jesus hardly passively floats into this debate. Instead, Scripture tells us that people are trying to trick Jesus. They're trying to trap Jesus by asking him this unbelievably politically loaded question. There's no real way that Jesus can get out of this mess, because either he will say don't pay taxes and therefore call for a revolt against Caesar and risk being killed for treason, Or he will say, pay the taxes, and therefore oppressors are fine. And I, as the Messiah, I, as the one sent by God, am okay with this oppression. This is a trap. And what Jesus says is an unexpected reply. Give to Caesar what is Caesar's, and give to God what is God's. It is so tempting to focus on this bit about giving to Caesar, especially tempting because of this like delicious image of Jesus taking the coin and lifting it to the light and asking the obvious question, whose face is this? Whose face is this on the coin? We'll give it back to him. But it is the second part of what he says that I think is the most important. Sure. Give to Caesar what Caesar has made in his own image but give to God what is God's. Which asks the question, what has God made in God's own image? This is a trick question, of course, because we are made in God's image. We are stamped with God's own seal of creation. We are given the command to be good stewards of the earth, which God has also made, and we are commanded to be lovers of our neighbors and our enemies, whom God has also made. Jesus is less fussed here about what we owe governments and very concerned that we remember to give God what is God's, which is literally our entire lives. This is why we're calling this podcast series, Come Thou Unexpected, Jesus, a little riff on that Advent hymn. Because we... As we wait for Jesus to come into the world at Christmas and we, as we live into the promises of a God who was incarnate in the tumult of the first century CE, we can be certain that God will append our certainty. Come thou unexpected, Jesus. Jesus never lets us stay comfortable. Jesus hardly ever does what we expect. And Jesus never did do what was expected of him. And so I leave you with this question for the first week of Advent. Where is God calling you to give God what is God's?
1: Let us affirm our faith in the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate Let not the needy, O Lord, be forgotten, nor the hope, hope of, of the, the poor be taken away. Create in us clean hearts, O God, and sustain us with, with your Holy Spirit. Spirit. Lord Jesus Christ, you stretched out your arms of love on the hard wood of the cross that everyone might come within the reach of your saving embrace. So clothe us in your Spirit that we, reaching forth our hands in love, may bring those who do not know you to the knowledge and love of you for the honor of your name. Amen. Amen. I now invite your prayers, silently or aloud. Almighty God, you've given us grace at this time with one accord to make our common supplication to you. And you have promised through your well-beloved Son that when two or three are gathered together in his name, you will be in the midst of them. Fulfill now, O Lord, our desires and petitions as may be best for us, granting us in this world knowledge of your truth, and in the age to come, life everlasting. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks Thanks be be to God. God. Glory to God, whose power working in us can do infinitely more than we can ask or imagine. Glory to him from generation to generation in the church and in Christ Jesus forever and ever. Amen. Amen.
0: This has been a recording of St. Michael's in the Morning featuring staff, clergy, and acolytes from St. Michael's Episcopal Church. For more information, please visit
1: www.st-michaels.org.